All right. Hello, hello, my friends. Uh, welcome back to the Game Raiders podcast. Uh, I'm Drew. Sergio, you're here. I am here. We're going to talk about some more stuff today. Uh, <laughs> As opposed to when we have nothing. We don't about. talk about stuff. <laughs> and and it's very obvious when we're not talking about stuff because there's no episodes. But now we're talking about stuff. Actually, I just post like an hour of silence sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like just just literally dead air. Um, I mean, some people might be into that, honestly. Like there's ASMR, right? So like why not like why not just like dead silence, you know, like as a like a new form of uh, oral uh, fixation, you know, oral like or like A-U-R-A-L oral or is it? Yeah. I think it's pronounced the same way as like oral, like mouth, but it's it's different, or it's oral. I don't know. Anyway, dig- <laughs> digression aside. Um, okay, so um, we're gonna be talking about uh, something that is very near and dear to my heart, uh, and that is the GameCube, because uh, this is like the most ne- well, okay debatable it goes back and forth between the nintendo 64 and the gamecube i'm like which one is the most nostalgic for me uh but actually sergio you hate the gamecube right you told me that uh before you're like i hate it it's the worst console that nintendo's ever made no uh the worst games nope. uh honestly nintendo should have stopped after this is actually what he said this is actually what he nope. told me i never had a gamecube so <laughs> i jumped from n64 to xbox so yeah yeah, and he's uh he's just been a Microsoft corporate shill ever since then. So I respect my <laughs> one true my one true leader, Master Chief, <laughs> and his disciples. Um, so this was like so this was the sixth generation of consoles. Uh, it was this, the PS2, and then the Xbox was like the new kid on the block. Um. But and Nintendo had been pretty dominant uh, over the over the last like I'd say two and a half generations. Like they they lost a lot of uh, ground when Sony uh, like unleashed the first PlayStation. Um, and uh, but but Nintendo sixty four was still like a pretty well received console. Like they had a lot of great games. Um, they were it was like the party console right because you had the four controller ports and so yep. you would play like smash you'd play mario party golden eye like whatever um but um going into this generation and like just go like going through it like till the end they were like the gamecube was the underdog actually like compared to xbox and the playstation 2 um but for some reason it's like remembered as like one of the best consoles ever made you know See, but i don't remember it like that because i never had one right because you <laughs> yeah because you never had one it's like i'm saying like people who had it remember it it's like yeah. it's like in their hearts it's like a beloved console um so we're gonna like kind of we're gonna crack into this we're gonna we're gonna open the case file on the nintendo gamecube and kind of talk about what went wrong uh, with the with the launch, 
uh, and like kind of the not the kind of slow death, I guess, of the Nintendo GameCube. Uh, but also why it is still considered uh, like a uh, like a critical success by some. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, to to start this story, to start to so we're opening up the case file, we're zooming in the office. There's a bot. There's a bottle of whiskey on the desk. You know, there's the smoke fills the air of the, of the of the black and white office. You know, we're we're yeah. uh, we're going I walk through in. this. What's I have, up? I walk in. I'm a woman. Yeah. I have a, yeah, I have a beautiful w- black dress. <laughs> lo- I have long legs. I'm smoking a cigarette. I have these beautiful eyes. I look into you and I say, I need you to crack this case. <laughs> um, and you're an so- alcoholic, and you're like. <sighs> One last time. God damn it. Yeah, one last for time. The, Every time I think I'm out, she pulls me back here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, like I was talking about, the with the Nintendo 64, I mean, Nintendo uh, was, was undersold uh, compared to the PlayStation 1. However, it was a uh, very, very, very well-received console um, because, obviously, it was the first to kind of pioneer the 3D gaming and it had the 64-bit capability, so it was like a it was more powerful console compared to uh, the PlayStation. Um, and it has and it just ended up having like one of the most influential gaming libraries of all time, because uh, you know you had Super Mario 64, you had Super Smash Brothers, you had GoldenEye, Mario Kart 64, uh, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Star Fox 64, Donkey Kong 64. I mean, the list goes on and on of like all these games that like were probably like either first for a lot of people or just like completely revolutionized uh these franchises for like a new era basically um but yeah like like i was saying it wasn't all sunshine and roses uh so the nintendo 64 ended up selling just over like 32 million copies almost almost 33 million i think um and then uh, the PlayStation, by con- uh, by comparison, ended up selling like over, I think it was like 102 uh, million units in Jesus its life. Christ. Yeah. So it, it got completely blown in 64, completely blown out of the water by the PlayStation in compare uh, in terms of sales. Um, this was also part of this was because a lot of developers didn't want to make games. For the Nintendo 64 because of Nintendo's reliance on cartridges. Cartridges yeah. are more expensive to produce and they also hold less information than optical discs that the PlayStation was running with. Yeah, I thought um, this is a, uh, a common theme for Nintendo. Uh, yeah, it is a, unfortunately, it is kind of a, Nintendo's always kind of been like behind in terms of like conventional gaming, I would say. Um, they, they also have like a big image problem, not like an image problem, I guess I would say, but they are, they are viewed very much as like the, they're like the Disney of like gaming, right? They're very kid friendly, you know, family friendly, you know, they're not really like super edgy, even though you had, you did have games like Conker's Bad Fur Day on the N64, but those were like the exception. And there was that one, that one point, um, when Zelda and Link just had that super graphic sex scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then when Luigi um, he he like 
Hong Dong. Do you remember that? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Hey, Luigi's packing. No, straight up, Luigi's packing. I guarantee you. Uh, he's taller, and and like look at his foot size too compared to Mario. Like it's just. Yeah. Those are the know. only two times I can think of where Nintendo really pushed the limits of its uh, <laughs> kid friendliness. Um. So yeah. So nobody nobody really wanted to make games for Nintendo that much. Like. Uh, I think the N64 ended up having, like, something like 300 games, and I think, like, the PlayStation 1 had, uh... One million. It had something crazy, like, uh... I don't want to throw out, like, a just completely exorbitant... 2,000. I'm gonna keep guessing uh, here. Oh, okay, wow, that's way more than i was thinking so the original playstation had let me guess, a total let me guess, of let me guess let me guess okay go ahead 1400 no. too high too low uh too high 1200 still too high 1000 uh too low now 1100 uh still too high <laughs> 1058 <laughs> nope too low um, all right, so I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you it was uh 7,918 games were released. 7,000? 7, 7, almost 8,000 games were released for the... I was I was low on all those guesses. You said I was yeah. too high. Yeah. Oh, wait, I thought you said 14,000. 1,400. 1,400. I'm my bad, my bad. Um, yeah, so but yeah, like just made way more games. For the PlayStation than they did. Uh, yeah, the but like most of those games sucked. So, yeah, debatable. Uh, it, 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 however you feel about these games, there's no denying that there were just more available on the PlayStation. Um, so you know, having been edged out of a significant amount of the market uh, by this new competitor, uh, Nintendo, you know, they were starting. They were already starting preliminary work on their next console, while the N64 was still in its early years. Uh, Graphics hardware design company ArtX, uh, which was founded in 1997 and formed from several engineers who had previously worked on uh, development for the N64, uh, began work on the system logic and the graphics processor for what was known at the time as Project Dolphin. I'm sure you've probably heard this, right? I have not. Okay, so the GameCube was originally known as Project Dolphin. Uh, that was like the, you know, the the blue harvest you know mm -hmm. of uh of the gamecube um this is why a lot of the, people speculate this is why a lot of the gamecube games like super mario sunshine and wind waker have to do with water uh mm -hmm. you know and uh and actually they the art x ended up calling the graphics processor uh for the gamecube flipper <laughs> so yeah very like you know there's a lot of like a lot of oceana stuff in, in the GameCube's development. Yeah. Um, so why is it purple, then? Why not blue? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe they just thought purple would be more soothing. I mean, I think there was a blue... No, there was not a blue GameCube released. There was only... There was purple, silver, black. I think that was it. I think those are the only, co only color variants. Um, so Art X is actually going to be acquired by ATI in 2000 uh, but they had already pretty much completed all of the work um, on uh, everything for the GameCube 
Uh, and this, the GameCube title would actually be officially revealed uh, that year as well um, mm-hmm. at um, Space World, I believe it was. Um, that, that was the, uh, the infamous, I think, Mario 128 demo where it's like they threw like 128 Marios into the uh, into like one room or something like that to demonstrate the power of the GameCube. Um, though third-party support had been a critical complaint of the N64, like I was talking about, uh, Nintendo is actually going to double down on saying fuck you to third-party developers um, by not give, not giving out a significant number of development kits prior to the release of the GameCube. Um, they were only able to make like a small number of development kits. And the ones they did made, make went to like first party studios and then like close partners like rare and then the newcomer uh that we all that we all know and love today retro studios um so yeah obviously this pissed a lot of people off this pissed a lot of companies off like uh and you know they at this point were not really willing to work as well with nintendo uh over like sony and microsoft uh who ended up uh, both beating the GameCube to the the GameCube was originally supposed to come out in 2000, uh, and it had to get pushed back to the fall of 2021, which is coming out a a full year after the PS2, and then three months after after the Xbox in North America. Yeah. So. And I'm sure September 11th didn't really help. Yeah. Um. Originally, they were supposed to have. 15 launch titles, but only 12 would actually make it to launch day. Uh, the other three would get uh, delayed. Um, now, some of these are like, you know, really, really beloved titles like Luigi's Mansion, uh, Super Monkey Ball, uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2. Uh, you know, like these are these are these are good games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the majority of the games were pretty lackluster. They were mostly like licensed and sports games. Um, you know, and there was also, this was also the, uh, first time, uh, in four console generations, uh, for Nintendo that a Nintendo system had launched without a Mario game, like a traditional Mario game. Um, so that, uh, is cited as definitely hurting the initial launch of the GameCube. Now, a couple months later... You know, like I said, we would get like those other launch titles, including Pikmin, uh, and what is probably the killer app for the entire console, Super Smash Brothers Melee. Uh, so, like it, within the, the span of a couple months, they did have like more like first-party exclusives coming out that uh, to supplement the kind of shitty launch <laughs> um <laughs> uh so yeah so 2001 launch uh are kind of on a bad foot okay that's fine um you know 2002 would be kind of like a rebound year uh so this is when we got stuff like super mario sunshine we got animal crossing uh we got metroid prime uh and we also got the resident evil remake uh the remake of the first game and we got resident evil zero 
takes thanks to a partnership with uh, Capcom. Uh, so Capcom is like going to be the only real like third party supporter that kind of hangs around for like the yeah. entirety of the GameCube's life cycle. Uh, Shinji Mikami is like, yeah, man, I will. I'm gonna fucking make games for the game. He's got like he's got like a fucking cigarette hanging out of his mouth. He's like. Yeah, man, I'm gonna make games for the GameCube if it fucking kills me, uh, because he's got he, he's got like two money bags like under his arms for the you know, uh, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, so 2002 is I mean is doing pretty well in terms of like first party games, uh, but the the lack of just third party support it's very very clear that this is still hurting Nintendo. Uh, some companies like uh, Eidos, uh, Eidos was handling the Tomb Raider franchise at the time. Uh, and they even went so far as to cancel the development on several of their GameCube titles due to what they saw as the declining console business of Nintendo. That's so uh, funny. It's yeah. Like a, yeah, it's like a trend, man. It's like they'll release one great console and then one console that's kind of like rigged with problems that people have like a fondness for yeah right because like so the 64 we'll start from that okay it's great you know people like it it did it did okay then the gamecube which were having issues yeah then the wii huge seller yeah then the wii u then the wii u yeah has and tons of issues yeah. and then the switch big seller again yeah so it's like they like they do this. They go back and forth. Know, yeah. They like they like to. <laughs> I don't know, man. My big issue is the controllers are always so random. I yeah. Well, it, so this was like their last traditional like console. Uh, I think that's safe to say. Like they they actually had like like I mean the Joy Cons are. You know, you can slide them into the little yeah thing, but it's not really like a. It's not still. It's still not like a traditional like, controller. For me, I think I think the Joy Cons are probably their best controllers. Yeah, this the GameCube controller is um, is still cited as one of the best game controllers of all time. I don't know. Uh, I could I couldn't get into it. Same with the N sixty four controller. I don't because like I don't know. Well, like so, the GameCube. I understand the problems with the N sixty four controller. I totally get. Uh, even though the analog stick, you know, completely changed the game. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, the GameCube controller is basically the precursor to the 360 controller, if you look at it. Because um, the analog, so the C stick is now is now an analog stick down here in the corner. Uh-huh. Um, and then the, the face buttons, you've got A, B, X, and Y are vaguely in the position uh in, in vaguely in the positions that they would be on the on a 360 controller um i i think the 360 controller owes a lot to the design of because the original xbox controller i mean yeah it, it had the basics but that the duke was, that was fat as fuck dude <laughs> like the 360 like slid down per, perfect size i think for my money the 360 Xbox current Xbox controller because it's basically been the same since then is like the best controller in yeah. terms of placements and stuff like that. Yeah. Because like with PlayStation, you know, uh, I'm not. I like the controller. I'm not a big fan of the the analog sticks or whatever right. being like on the same level. There's something about like having like one being elevated slightly above the other one. I think it just works better for me. 
Right. Um. So yeah, anyway, so, off this tangent, let's get back to. <laughs> no, I mean it, but it tie it does tie into it because yeah, I think I think that like the 360 uh, controller does owe a little bit to the GameCube controller. Um, but yeah, so like third party developers are like, uh, I don't really want to like work with you, Nintendo. That's okay. Like, um, oh, another, another reason why is because, um, Nintendo had high licensing fees at the time. So like to, to develop games on a Nintendo console, you had to, you had to like, uh, pay a fee, you know? And, um, and, uh, so th this was prompting more people to like more companies to like swap over to go work for PlayStation 2 and Xbox. It's really funny looking back on it now because like we were just talking about how indie developers don't hate working with Sony now. Yeah. And so, and now it's just really funny to look back on a time where it was like Nintendo that was like the hated company to deal with, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, things aren't really looking too great. Um, they're still lagging behind in sales, like way behind, um, in sales. I think by 2003, they had sold like only, uh, 10, 10 million units or something like that. Yikes. By, by 2003. You had a GameCube, right? I did. I did. Ha I had a GameCube and I had a PlayStation 2, as a matter of fact, actually. Spoiled. Um, You're so I know. Spoiled. I was I was super spoiled. Um, so, so I'll tell you my story real quick. So we got the Xbox, but yeah. I, really wanted, I really wanted a GameCube. <laughs> at oh, the time. really? At the time, yeah. I was Funny. like, what is this? I wanted a GameCube. And I was like, I was like, the whole time I was like trying to tell my dad, like, you got to get a GameCube. I want to get a GameCube. Got to get a GameCube. Got to get a GameCube. Yeah. Never, never got my GameCube. <laughs> I, but I never went back. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, that's okay, because your wife has a GameCube, I think. Yeah, but, you know. So it's like, cousin, if you want to play those games, you can play them. Uh, I played them. <laughs> my cousin had a GameCube, so I'd always go over to her house and we play those games. So. Yeah. Like Luigi's Mansion? Played the crap out of Luigi's Mansion. It's probably one of my favorites. I've actually games. never played Luigi's Mansion. Can you believe that? And so this is the end of the Game Raiders podcast. Uh, it's been fun. <laughs> uh, we'll see uh, Drew in hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for that. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, oh, you, also, you want to know something really, really funny about this whole situation is is um, the GameCube is actually $100 cheaper than the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox. Xbox and PlayStation 2 are selling for... Uh, two ninety nine ninety nine, and the GameCube selling for one ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but this is also the time where like shooters were starting to get really big, right? Like Halo was pretty big on the yeah. Xbox. Splinter Cell, um, on the Xbox. I'm not sure what the you know, the PlayStation Two had like, um, yeah, games. <laughs> PlayStation Two had uh, Metal Gear, Twisted uh, Metal. Twisted Metal, uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, a uh, bunch of RPGs. PlayStation 2 was like an RPG-like fan's uh, wet dream, basically. Uh, Dark Cloud, uh, Summoner. You had all these like great RPGs on the PS2. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, the reason I bring up the price is because it's going to come up in just a little bit when we talk about the year of 2003. The year um, of our Lord. Is, huh? The year of our Lord. The year of our Lord, 2003. 
um, which is kind of where things start to turn around a little bit for uh, our little purple lunchbox here. So um, at the beginning of 2003, uh, the wind, well, yeah, kind of like at the uh, thing, it was like March uh, 2003, the Wind Waker is going to come out in North America, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. And despite people like being like, oh, Shell Shady Graphics, you know, all this kind of stuff, it, it sells like hotcakes, though, because uh, it's a Legend of Zelda game. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and uh, if you want to look at the rest of the 2003, like, lineup, basically, uh, we've got stuff like F-Zero GX, we got Mario Kart Double Dash, we got uh, Beautiful Joe. This was originally a GameCube exclusive uh, from Capcom. Uh, it was part of... Uh, Capcom's like exclusive deal with Nintendo where they were going to make like five games. Uh, actually, one of those games ended up getting canceled, uh, but they were going to be five exclusive games uh, for Nintendo. This was like a big deal because like nobody's making games for Nintendo. Um, and then um, this is also when Soul Calibur 2 comes out, and on the GameCube version, you get to play as Link, which was like a big, like, that was a big deal at the time. Um, oh, also at this time, the Ocarina of Time Master Quest version comes out for the, for the GameCube. Uh, very hard to get, get a hold of one of those, uh, nowadays. Uh, I'm lucky to have one. Um. How much could you sell it for? Let me see. Ocarina of Time Master Quest. Uh... I'm seeing I'm seeing these go for like some of them are going for like uh wow Amazon is selling one for like five hundred dollars. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Drew, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm never gonna sell it. Like that's just <laughs> I, not you gotta happen. get on it, my buddy. Uh a lot of these that's more a... reasonable ones are like going for like a hundred dollars. So like yeah, it's like a hundred I own like and Path of Radiance too, Fire Emblem Path of Radiance is also like a sixty five dollar game, so uh still. So, uh, yeah. I got, I I got know, some man. good ones in my collection. This is almost $600. <laughs> um, so, um, this is also the year that they the Nintendo releases the Game Boy Player. Do you know what the Game Boy Player is? Uh, my guess is it was similar to the thing they've made with the N64 where you could like put in your Game Boy game and yes. like you know transfer over Pokemon to like Pokemon Stadium or whatever. Uh sorta, yeah. Okay. Um okay, so basically this is kind of you you were close basically. I think you got part of it right, but basically Let's go. Uh, this, this lets you play uh Game Boy, Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance games. Uh, it on on your uh, GameCube. All you have to do is you just plug the game into the little slot on the Game Boy Player, and then you can just play it on your GameCube. Um, this was this was pretty huge because, like, getting to play your Game Boy games in like, you know, I, I whatever the aspect ratio was at the time, like, you know, uh, but just just not on a handheld, just like actually on a TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of combining, you know, the con and Nintendo did this with the SNES. Uh, they had a Game Boy player on the SNES where you could, or like they had the Super Game Boy that you could plug your Game Boy games in. Uh, and you're right, they did do something similar with Pokemon Stadium where they had the transfer pack 
and you could play your Pokemon games in the uh, Game Boy Tower. Um, but this was the first time like you could really just play any of your handheld games at that time in uh, on on your home console. Uh, and now we get to the latter half of 2003. Nintendo is going to take drastic steps in order to try and increase the sales of the GameCube. They slash $100 off of the price of the console. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Taking why it to, why uh, didn't my dad buy this GameCube when it was 100 bucks? It was it was yeah, taking it down to 99.99. And this did help. It it sold like because of this price cut, it sold like 3.5 million units. Wow. Um, that's crazy. And so it definitely definitely seems to have helped. Uh, you know, also it helps that there were a lot of good games that came out that year for um, the GameCube. Um, now getting into 2004. Now, 2004 is kind of where Nintendo is like, all right, we've released some great exclusives. We've cut the price of the console. Now they're going to take aim at their brand image. And they're going to try and reinvent themselves as a more mature, <laughs> as a more mature uh, company for like the modern gamer. You yeah, know, this is when the sex scenes start coming in. Yeah, maybe. this is where the the rule forty three starts coming out. Let's go. Uh, so let's so e go. <laughs> so E three this year. E three this year. Uh, this is remembered as one of Nintendo's best E threes ever. Um, they showed off Metroid Prime 2 Echoes, Resident Evil 4, and they also, this was also the first time that people got to take a look at The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. This is where the infamous story about grown men weeping for Zelda comes from. Wait, seriously? Yeah. Like, like, it's, 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 uh, through legends told, uh, across, uh, the internet... Uh, was apparently like this trailer. People were actually like crying watching it because that's it was so beautiful. Holy crap, that's so funny. Um, this was also the first E3 that uh, that introduced us to Reggie Fizeme, uh -huh. uh, who, if you're like a Nintendo, I mean, not even a Nintendo fanboy, if you know anything about games, you have heard of Reggie Fizeme because we just latched onto him like you know a puppy latches on to you know a new owner and and you know and we love and we loved him for the entire time he was yeah. he was with us i mean he's he's not dead he's still alive but sorry that made it sound like he's dead but he no, has just, left nintendo he, but he has left nintendo yes he's no longer working which is very sad uh but i hope reggie may he, if you're may he rest this, in peace <laughs> may he rest in peace reggie if you're listening to this, I hope you're doing well, my friend. Thank you so much for everything. Um, but yeah, this is this is where Reggie comes down. He's like, my name is Reggie. I'm about kicking ass, and we're about making games. And that was like, that was like a signal to everybody that like, oh shit, this is a different Nintendo, you know? Yeah. Um. So 2004, huge year, huge year for the GameCube in terms of games. 
We're talking about Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. We're talking about Metroid Prime 2. We're talking about Pikmin 2. We're talking about Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes, which was the GameCube exclusive remake of the first Metal Gear Solid game. We got Tales of Symphonia. You know, like, this was fucking, this was fucking gangbusters it for was Nintendo. It was bumping. It was, yeah, it was actually bumping. Like, Reggie is over there, like, snorting coke off a of hooker's ass, you know, with, like, a $100 bill. Like, this is, this is insane. Um... And then, <laughs> oh, why you gotta uh, and, word it like that? <laughs> and then, uh, two thousand five, another another fabulous year. Uh, January two thousand five, Resident Evil Four hits. <laughs> Absolute. I mean, that's all you really need. Yeah. But then you had stuff like you had Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness. Cool. Uh, you had Fire Emblem Path of Radiance, Battalion Wars. Geist, what? So that was an uppercut. Yeah, just like absolute, just they're massive. Now, now they're going for the jugular. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, at this time, development had already started on what was at that time known as the Revolution. The Nintendo DS was coming out as well. So the GameCube was in its... It was on its last legs, basically. 2006 is essentially the last year of full support for the... It, it, well, not essentially. It is the last year of full support for the GameCube. Uh, there were some games released in in uh, 2007, but uh, 2006 is really was really it. Uh, in December, uh, Twilight Princess would finally arrive and, you know, become a huge success because uh, it's a Legend of Zelda game. Um, but three months before that, the Wii had already released, um, and, you know, and Twilight Princess obviously was a launch title for the Wii as well. Uh So, um, you know, it, 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 it definitely, there was like an asterisk almost to the, to the Twilight Princess coming out on the GameCube as the last like big exclusive. Um... I mean, it's not all bad, though, because with the Wii, uh, you know, GameCube owners, you could play GameCube games on the Wii because it was backwards compatible. You still had you still had uh, the four ports. You still had two memory card slots, so you could still play GameCubes on the Wii. Um, but yeah, um, this was this was the end of the of the GameCube's uh, life cycle, essentially. Um, it had it had lasted five years. Um, it's a pretty pretty small cycle. We're about to it's hit that. It's a pretty that. small cycle compared to we're about like to hit nowadays. that with the switch. Yeah, we're at year four, right? Uh, yeah, we're in year four of the switch's life cycle, and there's no signs of slowing down. Uh, life generation generations have extended like yeah way farther than they used to. Um. It, in the old days, I, I make it sound like the old days, like I'm super old. But back in my day, back in my day, we had to save at a save point. There were no auto save. Um, but yeah, like back in the old days, uh, companies would just like Nintendo, X, Microsoft, and Sony would go through consoles like they were nothing, basically, uh-huh. because it was all about who could get. Because the console was like the biggest 
seller. It wasn't so much about, uh, and also it took less development time as well. So like they were just going through consoles like it was nothing because uh, it was just a race to see who had the most powerful console on their market. Uh, and like I said, this was Nintendo's last really traditional console. Uh, after this, they kind of they kind of broke away from the console wars. They were like, "Hey, man, we're gonna go, uh, we're gonna go work on, you know, developing new ways to play and trying to trying to get into these untapped markets. And we're gonna let you guys kind of, you guys kind of fight amongst yourselves. That's fine." Mm-hmm. Um, this was known as their blue ocean uh, kind of approach to gaming after this point. Um, so. So yeah, I want to um, I want to talk about the legacy, the game, the legacy of the GameCube. So the GameCube sale numbers. I, I'm just gonna tell you real quick. GameCube sale numbers. Uh, just edit this to make me sound like I, I said it right after that. <laughs> so, no, I'm so gonna leave it in. Dead air. Dead air. So worldwide, the GameCube only sold. 21.75 million units and if you'll notice that is that is even less than the nintendo 64 that is like that is that is 11 unit uh, 11 million units less than the, than the nintendo 64 that's pretty crazy that is abysmal for like if you if you released a console like that today that that is an abject failure in terms of sales yeah. Uh, they struggled so hard uh, from the word go because of their lack of reaching out to third-party developers, uh-huh. uh, because of their uh, adherence to... I mean, they so they did switch to optical discs, but they were smaller. They weren't like actual full-size DVD discs like Xbox and PlayStation were using. They were they were like the smaller uh, disc that could only ha- hold like half of the half of the information. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, okay, so the Xbox only sold about two million more than the GameCube. Yeah, but but also look at the but th- they were also like the new the new kid yeah, on the block. Yeah, that's true. That's they true. were the newest, and the the fact that they even outsold Nintendo at all is astounding. I guess that's true. Nintendo's been around um, for a long time. Yeah, so to... I'm just like looking at this list here. I found a list of like game console sales. Yeah. So I was like in Nintendo. So like 64 was what like we said like 30 32, something. A, 32. A little over 33 million. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 33 million. And then GameCube was 21 million. Then the Wii was 101 million. Right. Yeah. And the Wii U was 13 million. So even less than the GameCube. Yeah. And then the Nintendo Switch um, is at 84 million right now, currently. Right. Uh, man, so that, that that just goes to show that their next console is going to sell about 10 million. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, now, now we're gonna. I, I want to throw this number out here. This is the PlayStation Two unit uh-huh. shipped. Uh, this is as of 2012. 155 million units yeah, baby. Yeah. still the best-selling console in the entire world yeah of Just all time nintendo ds is right below it yeah 
That's pretty crazy. So about the, that was a thing though too with the PlayStation Two where they were selling for they kept selling even after like PlayStation Three came out or something like that. Yeah, they just kept they, make, making the and selling. PlayStation Two had a huge life cycle. Yeah, people were making games for the PlayStation Two like, yeah, into the 2010s. Like, you know, yeah, it, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, they kept making new games and new con- PlayStation Two consoles until the end of 2013. Yeah. Yeah, that is insane. That is crazy. That is a 13-year life cycle. 13-year lifespan. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so yeah, uh, Nintendo just got absolutely beat in the market compared to PlayStation and got beat slightly by Xbox, but that's still, that's like, you know, that's like Rocky. You know, it's like Rocky yeah. beating Apollo Creed uh, in Rocky 2, you know? Um... Ooh. Adrian. Adrian. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo's like, Adrian. Um, but it's not all bad because obviously there's a, re- a reason people remember this console besides the fact that it sold poorly and like completely like forced Nintendo to change the way that they look at how they do business. Um, that's because... The GameCube has one of the greatest gaming libraries of all time. What they lacked in uh, quantity, they definitely made up in terms of the quality of the games. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna list like every single game that I absolutely we listed love. Listed a lot of them here, though. Yeah, but I'm just going to say like Super Mario Sunshine, Metro Prime, Fire Emblem: Path of Radiance, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, F Zero GX. Super Smash Brothers Melee and Resident Evil 4, these are all considered to be among the best in their respective franchises. You know, and they all came out on the GameCube. Um GameCube also introduced a lot of new IPs that have become uh mainstays to this day, like Pikmin and Animal Crossing. Uh I talked about the controller earlier. The controller was uh revolutionary at the time and is still a pr- preferred controller for many. Uh, people still love to use the GameCube. Ugh, I cannot speak. The GameCube controller, when like playing Smash, for example, that's why they've yeah. released adapters for it and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and as silly as it is to call the GameCube the purple lunchbox, you know, it it actually was, you know, and the fact that like it was uh, sort of that, not like the first step. You would have to go back to the Super Game Boy on the SNES for that, but. It was continuing the trend of Nintendo thinking of ways to combine the console experience and the handheld handheld experience uh, for like more powerful gaming on the go, and we would finally see this realized uh, with the Switch in 2017. Yeah, it only took them a couple, like a decade to. Only, only took them a couple of years. Yeah, <laughs> like I said, yeah. I mean, it's still. It's not the final step, but it is a it is a, a big step though. Um, so yeah, uh, I love GameCube. I think that's apparent. Uh, you know, I I look back on this like this is like when I really like Nintendo sixty four. I was like I was still kind of like a little bab. You know, I was like a little I was little I was like a little gamer baby, and you know, in my diapers and like. You know, being like, oh, what's a controller? What's a, you know, like, what's a Mario, you know? And then GameCube, this era of gaming is, like, where I started to become, like, a gamer, you know? Like, uh, 
And yeah, I just I love this era so much. Uh, I think it's again one of the greatest gaming libraries of all time. Even though it was a <laughs> abject financial <laughs> failure for Nintendo, um, oh, I still I still heart you, Nintendo GameCube. I know a lot of people do, and uh, and yeah, I mean that I think that's about it. I just wanted I wanted to do this as a love letter because I've been uh, I've been without a GameCube uh, for a while now. I've been waiting to uh, get a new one. So uh, well, not a new one, but like a like a refurbished one, you know. Uh-huh. And I, I can't I cannot wait to play a lot of these games again. Uh, yeah, you're gonna play them and your rose tinted glasses are gonna slowly fade away. And you're like. <laughs> This handles like shit. <laughs> These controls are really shit. Uh, a lot of them are still really, really fun. I think the frame rate. Oh my Melee god. Things, well, yeah, but uh, Melee's still really fun. Uh, Metroid Prime. I, I can get past the controller scheme. Uh, Super Mario Sunshine's fun. Fire Emblem's fun. All, all of these games are fun to me. They're all fun. They're so much fun. I just. Uh, I think uh, I think y'all need to plug in your GameCube over there, or uh, or or however you can play GameCube games. I hear they're talking about bringing them to the Switch. So uh, well, you mean like uh, you pay us uh, sixty dollars for it, and we'll let you play a GameCube game on well, the Switch. Well, I think they have they have the service that's like I think it's part of the Nintendo online, the uh, where it's like you can play like you know how you can play like. NES and SNES games. Yeah. With that, I think I think it's going to become a part of that. Huh. So, uh, I don't know how much that service is, but it's one million. Uh, I would be totally million dollars. Okay. Two million, maybe. Yeah. Three million. Uh, I I think it would be a wise choice for them to definitely bring some of those games. And like they've ported a lot of those games, uh, or not a lot of them. They've ported um. The uh, the Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD versions on the Wii U they brought those out and then um, recently more more recently they had Super Mario Sunshine as on the Super Mario 3D All Stars uh-huh. um, and then there was the Metroid Prime trilogy on the Wii um, so yeah there's definitely a market for like GameCube games like to be re released you know people would definitely pay for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But anyway, so that's kind of our little, well, I guess I should say my love letter to the the GameCube. Um, Sergio, when you um, you look back on this time, uh, having not had a GameCube, what's the thing that you most remember about the GameCube? Um, uh, Just Luigi's Mansion. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I played. The thing you remember most is how you how your parents went and get you one. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, I remember like because we got the xbox and i remember being like but look at the, the the mario graphic the graphics of the mario is so much better and i remember having like the can you you're can you hear me okay i remember having like the uh was like game informer or something like that whatever the yeah. magazine was back in the day and it had like I was like, look, you can see his zipper on his pants. Why don't we have a GameCube? 
not you know i was an idiot but i know, you know it's the really xbox had better graphics <laughs> it's really surprising they didn't grab it when it went down to that hundred dollars well i think by that point you know i had my xbox for a couple of years and that's I was probably, true that's why i was just like oh give me more xbox games that's true yeah um but yeah uh i encourage you guys uh if you're out there listening uh and you have a gamecube go hook it up go go throw a game on there you know one of your favorites uh, go play it again, because I can tell you it is definitely worth uh, revisiting and showing some love. Um, but I think that's going to do it this time. Uh, Sergio, can you let the good people know where they can go follow us for more interesting topics like this? Yeah. Uh, so if you plug in your GameCube uh, and put in a disc that says yeah. the Game Raiders on it, you can find us there. Uh, you could also find us at uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Basically, almost anywhere you can listen to podcasts, we're there. Tell your friends, tell your family, subscribe, you know, give us five stars, whatever you want to do. But Sergio, these don't exist back in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're also on Facebook and Twitter. Um, you can access those through your Nintendo DS. Yep. Um, Nintendo or, YPG. yeah. At the Game Raiders pod. Uh, I do have one other story about the GameCube. Um, when I was in high school, we used to make these, like, dumb little skits. And we did one skit about, like, putting your che- putting cheese on a GameCube. Oh. So we would just, like, constantly just, like, put slices of cheese inside and on top of a GameCube. Uh, and that was the whole video. No, that's so... <laughs> no, why? I don't know, man. We were idiots, dude. Why did y'all do that? <laughs> I think it was some joke about like if you put cheese on a GameCube and in a GameCube, you can unlock time travel abilities or whatever. So that was the whole skit. I hate everything. That y'all just destroyed a perfectly good GameCube. <laughs> you destroyed perfectly good cheese. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Okay, we'll see guys. ya. Game on. <laughs>